You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Christopher Berg, and this is Matthew Brock. And this is an Emerald Presents podcast, and we're going to be having a quick conversation about spoiler culture and sort of how it relates to, uh, you know, some recent releases. So uh, we kind of came to the idea of doing this podcast uh, because of an interesting moment that happened during our weekly pitch session for the Emerald. So, Matthew, do you want to describe what happened? Yeah. So basically, we were all sitting around the table, and our editor, Emerson, he wanted to make a joke about Star Wars. But before he does, he stops, and he's like, has everyone seen Star Wars yet? And there's like 10 people at the table. Nine are like, yeah, we've seen it. But one person's like, no, I haven't seen it. And he's like, oh, I won't tell the joke then. And she was even like, well, it's fine. I don't really care. I'm probably not even going to see it. And he's like, no, no, I won't tell the joke. And I just thought it was weird. Like, spoiler culture is so ingrained now that you're scared to tell a joke, even though everyone's okay with it and everyone wants to hear it. (laughs) But you don't because you're afraid of spoiling someone. Yeah. So uh, just for reference, Star Wars The Force Awakens came out back in December. You know, it's been about four months at this point. Yeah, the DVD's out now. It's out on DVD. Uh, To some extent, it feels like everyone knows what's going on. But at the same time, uh, is it okay to be very open about, say, what happens in the last act of that movie? Because there are some very big, profound, you know, universe-changing moments, like the fate of some characters uh, come into play. So, and if you've seen it, you obviously know who we're I'll talking be, about. I know, <laughs> I know who we're talking about. You know who we're talking about. Though, should we be saying that right now? You know, should we exactly. be walking like, around this issue? Here we are. We're too afraid to say an obvious spoiler, which I'm sure 90% of people already know. If you've clicked on this, but... you probably already know. Um, and this is a position that I've always, you know, tried to take when I talk about pop culture because it is something, you know, I write reviews for the Emerald about movies, uh, TV, video games, and it's an issue that I always kind of bump up against because I don't want to spoil things for people. I'm a pretty staunch defender of the idea that you should try and go into any experience under the circumstances that the creator wants you to see it. So that means, you know, maybe a trailer could even be too much in some cases. Going in blind is going to be the best way to experience it because uh, that's how the artist is intending for you to see it. Uh, You aren't going to have this prior knowledge. You're not going to have unnecessary context. When information is presented, it's being done in a way that pops and has dramatic effect. Uh, This, going back to Star Wars, I was kind of in an unfortunate scenario because even before that movie came out, I was able to sort of piece together that big spoiler uh, through stuff that wasn't even intentional. Like, it was something as small as uh, a certain actor tweeting a certain thing and then me hearing that out of context, and I pieced it together in my head, and I was like, well, he's probably not coming back for the eighth movie. <laughs> and not to mention, it's something you see coming a mile away in the movie. It is, but... it is set up with some amount of, you know, there's foreshadowing, but would I have picked up on that foreshadowing if I didn't know ahead of time, you know? And I want to experience that movie in the right way, so maybe I should try and go in as blind as possible. And and here's the thing. That's perfectly fine for, like, of course, like, the day after the movie comes out. Like, you don't want to be spoiled then. Like, there was a... I remember a case. There was a news broadcast of someone who had seen, like, the pre-screening of it and then spoiled it on live television for everyone. I can understand how that would upset some people. But when you go and you end up... Things are so easily accessible right now. Like, the DVD for Star Wars is out. Honestly, at this point, there's no excuse for not having to seen it. 
So I don't, it seems weird that we just can't have a free discussion about it without having to be terrified that we're going to spoil someone. So uh, if you were talking with someone, if you were in Emerson's position then, do you think you would have told the joke? Sort of regardless, would you have even pre-screened people ahead of time? Like, have you all seen this? I mean, I would have gone ahead and told the joke. I would have made the assumption. And then I would have also made the assumption that if, you know, anyone who hadn't seen it didn't care enough. And I also kind of fall into like, I can, I can appreciate a twist in a movie, even if I knew it was coming. I can appreciate like, oh, you know, something happened that wasn't supposed to happen. Or, you know, I shouldn't have been expecting this, even if I called it ahead of time or if I just knew about it ahead of time. Like you can appreciate a piece of work without having to experience it, you know, just by yourself. At the same time, though, whose decision should it be to say, well, this is the context by which you're going to experience it? Because uh, there was a situation with a different movie that happened uh, fairly recently, not Star Wars. Uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, a, a just just a real, real special movie. <laughs> uh, and in, you know, about the, fr- you know, the two weeks or so before the film came out, I don't know if there was a screener leak, if, you know, the wrong person got a move, got a camera into a test screening. But the ending of that movie got out there. Uh, people kind of know what the big last act twist was. And the internet being the internet, there was sort of this active campaign to be like, oh, we're going to tell you what this is. Even if you don't want to know what the ending is, uh, we're going to try and get this information in front of you when you aren't expecting it. So even people who aren't seeking this out are still going to be exposed uh, to that one line of information. And it's not just uh, specialized to super, uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, Fallout 4 uh, experienced <laughs> many of the same, uh, many of the same complications from the same communities. Uh, and and it's a thing with just video games in general these days are very hard to not spoil. Mm-hmm. Like if you've even heard of Undertale, mm-hmm. you're not going to see that you're not going to see that game. You're not going to play that game fresh. Like you all you probably know most, if not everything that happened in it already. I think Undertale is actually a very interesting point to bring up in this because I first learned about that game uh, around the time it was released. I followed a few people on Twitter who were very enthusiastic about it and I kind of just didn't get it. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it's uh, this earthbound, like old school, uh, you know, sort of a style JRPG. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is, you know, it's nostalgia. I don't get, you know, the appeal of it. And it wasn't until a few months later when a lot more people had played it and had experienced some of the more subversive elements of that game that I actually became motivated to play Undertale. And while I was kind of happy, I was like, well, you know, I wouldn't have experienced this in the first place had it not been spoiled for me. But I kind of wish I had gone into this blind thinking that it was something more unassuming than it actually was. And that that game... Like, on its own, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's a decent RPG. It's not anything particularly special. But it's just all the different ways it can surprise you. Um, again, I can't really mention much of it because of spoilers. But just uh, just kind of a minor thing. A lot of situations in the game, if you save slash hold your game, the game will remember that. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of mind-blowing when you just think about the medium of a game. Which, you think about playing a game kind of the experience is that you can save and load at any time. So even if a big surprise comes up and you made a horrible decision, like, oh, I'll just load my earlier save so I can make the right decision. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, are video games a medium which can really be even played blind? Um, A game which I'm really into, Dark Souls 2, 
good luck playing that game blind because you'll realize halfway through the game, oh, my character is almost unplayable because I've messed up my stat points because I didn't fully understand what they meant. Yeah, I think Dark Souls is kind of, you know, the elephant in the room for this conversation uh, for people who are into video games because that franchise lives or dies by how you experience it. Uh, the people who really enjoy those games get passionate about not knowing a single thing about them before they start. But another thing is, another part of the Dark Souls experience is like, I found this super awesome secret thing. I'm going to go to Reddit or my form of choice and I'm going to tell everyone about that. And, you know, we're go- part of the Dark Souls is like, the story, good luck figuring out the story on your own. It's going to take like a team effort from people around the world to pitch, to piece together what this story actually is. Uh, yeah, and I it, it's been very interesting with Dark Souls 3 having come out in the past few weeks. That game actually came out, I believe it was two weeks ahead of time in Japan. Uh, so a lot of early streamers and people who were enthusiastic about the game found out all those secrets before anyone on this continent uh, really had a chance to play. Even so, better, um, people were able to download the Japanese version early in America. Mm-hmm. So it did create this kind of interesting dichotomy between... Uh, in a way, the haves and the have-nots of Dark Souls 3, uh, the people who had this game ahead of time were able to have this, you know, blind experience, not knowing a single thing about it, and the people who came into it for the United States release were like, well, by the nature of me being a knowledgeable consumer of media, I've seen some things about this game, and maybe the earlier parts, at least, surprises were spoiled for me, and I wasn't able to have that same experience And I feel like that has contributed to some extent. That game seems to not be doing terribly well in the eyes of its fans right now. Uh, There are additional reasons on top of that. Uh, Do some crash bugs on the PC, some other complications. But it seems like a large part of it is the way the release was handled dramatically changed how people experienced and enjoyed that game. And on that topic, um, there's also the topic of leaks of what 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 happens when a crucial piece of information comes up way ahead of time. Like, um, I'm a big fan of a cartoon show called Steven Universe. That two incredibly important scenes from episodes that won't air for three or four months um, were leaked. And if you're a fan of that show, good luck not finding those in your uh, YouTube feed or your Facebook feed or your Tumblr feed or whatever. Like, you're, you're out of luck if you're trying to stay unspoiled for that. But it also plays in the movie. A lot of, like, blockbuster movies, they'll spoil the movie in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Like Batman vs. Superman, um, Wonder Woman's not going to be much of a surprise for me, is she? Yeah, that's one of my larger complaints about uh, Batman vs. Superman as a whole. The, uh, more or less the entire arc of that movie is covered within one of the second trailers they put out. So there's some stuff in there that I was like, well, if I went into this blind, I probably would have at least gotten some enjoyment out of that film uh, just because, uh, well, I didn't see this particular iconic villain or monster coming in. Uh, So that was kind of disappointing. And I think leaks have, in a way, kind of commoditized spoilers in a way that they really weren't beforehand uh, because uh, one thing that has been happening a lot, uh, again, in the gaming world, is uh, around the time E3 happens, uh, Electronic Entertainment Expo, it's the time when game companies tend to put out their biggest news, their biggest releases. They have these big flashy press conferences where they want to build up these reveals, and without a doubt, at least one of the companies will have some massive leak the, you know, a couple of days before, and everyone knows exactly what they're going to show. And I think that puts people in our position uh, in a specifically weird place because people look forward to those press conferences. They like getting that news, you know, 
in this big flashy format, but at the same time, it's our duty to say like, well, this information is out there. You know, how do we publicize this? How do we let people know? Yeah. And is how that do you ruining their experience? How do you really cover a leak? Like a while back, I wrote in the Gaming Week in Review, they leaked a bunch of the art from God of War 4. <laughs> if you were, you know, ex- if you were waiting to see what the environment was going to be like, well, let me tell you, it's Norse. Mm-hmm. Shocker, Kratos has a beard now. Like, I'm sorry that you know this, but it's out there. He has a beard. Oh, yeah. I think uh, overall, like, I feel like spoiler culture is really just kind of getting out of hand. Like, there is a reasonable expectation, but I feel, I feel like people are getting kind of, like, entitled to not be spoiled. Again, it's reasonable in some cases, but, you know, don't expect me to keep tight-lipped about season one of Game of Thrones when it's been out for an easily accessible for a long time. Yeah. I think the thing that we as a culture kind of need to come to is deciding what is the where's the line? What's the point where we're going to say I'm going to preserve this experience for you and what's the point where we can talk about this openly and publicly so that if I want to make a joke about what happens at the end of The Force Awakens, I can go into this under the assumption that if you wanted to have that pure experience, you already did that. You saw it in a theater. And is that, you know, a week after release? Is it a month after release? And it seems to be different for everyone because uh, Game of Thrones in particular, their season is starting up next week, and people seem eager within hours of those episodes airing, like, well, this is just public knowledge now. I know uh, towards the end of the last season, uh, Vulture, a uh, entertainment news site, right after the season finale where one of the uh, main characters in that show passed away, uh, they just oh, spoilers. Uh, listen, someone died in Game of Thrones. People die in Game of Thrones. I'm very sorry. I'm also sorry for telling you that Chris had a beard, but again, <sighs> some things need to be revealed. Uh, so <laughs> they ran an article entitled "A Eulogy for the Last Good Man in Westeros," and as vague as that was, they still ran it before the episode even aired on the West Coast. <laughs> so I was like, well, there's. Maybe five people in Game of Thrones I'm still rooting for. The two of them are ladies, so one of the three is dead. You know, and so, I and I think it's going to be a very interesting thing we see in the next uh, couple of years is how people react, how people you know, shift back and forth, and kind of where we fall on what's the right time to spoil something. So let's. Uh, what do you think? What do you think is the right time for you know not having to worry about spoilers anymore? Uh, my rule of thumb has generally been six weeks. Like I know that's an arbitrary number to put out there. Yeah, uh, but I'd I think... go. I go close to that about a month. On, honestly, like I think the absolute cutoff point is whenever it's readily available. Like the DVD for Star Wars is out. You have no excuse. You can pick up that DVD and yeah. watch it a thousand times. And like not everyone can make it to a theater, but it's easily accessible to you now. And I'm almost in the point where for something as large and universal as Star Wars, like that movie made $250 million in its opening weekend. If you wanted to see Star Wars, you had little excuse not to see Star Wars. Uh, so there's a part of me that's like, well, of course, you know, you've probably seen it. We've all had the shared experience and we can have a great time talking about this publicly and openly. Uh, so I understand that there's this big anticipation like, OK, I want to I want to say the thing. I want to make jokes about the thing. I want this to be a part of the culture. But you always have to remember that there's going to be someone out there who, you know, maybe didn't have the chance uh, to get out there and uh, didn't have that experience yet. And so you have to account for them. And for me, I think six weeks, at least for films, is kind of the right barrier period where it's like, okay, even if you wanted to avoid the crowds, you kind of have no excuse (laughs) at this point. Uh, And while it is kind of an arbitrary date, I feel like that's uh, my personal rule of thumb. So 
you know, take it as you will. Yep. And I think everyone's going to find their own line. And as a community, maybe we decide unanimously it's about five, six weeks. And if, if you are that person in a position, you just haven't had the opportunity to see it and you don't want to be spoiled, like, don't expect everyone to be courteous to you. You be courteous to them. Like, you know, maybe take a walk away from the table for five or so minutes while everyone talks about it or something like that. It's not all about you. Come on. <laughs> and I think that's... Uh, it's an interesting position to take because I don't think that the people who are being spoiled are being necessarily selfish about it because I don't always expect a spoiler coming. Like, you can say, oh, walk away from the table, but, you know... Had Everson that's just, true. That's, had that's Everson fair. just dropped that joke out of nowhere, <laughs> and I had been in a cave for the past six months, and I could not see Star Wars. But I, oh, you, even even in caves, people have seen Star uh, Wars. But I word does get around fast in caves; it, it moves around. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think that pretty much brings an end to our discussion. I think uh, we both kind of agree that spoiler culture. Uh, it can get out of hand sometimes, but I think people still need uh, to remember that for a lot of people, going in blind is an important thing. Mm-hmm. So some work should be taken to ensure that, you know, yeah, but let them have their fun. Even then, come on, be reasonable about it. Six months down the road, don't be not wanting spoilers for right. whatever you're watching. All right. This has been an Emerald Prisons podcast. My name is Christopher Berg. And I'm Matt Brock. And Han Solo is dead. Yeah.